0: Hello and welcome to St Michael's Church online, Um, a year in since we've been doing these sorts of things but it's quite wonderful but also quite frustrating in that we're not yet able to meet in our church building but that's not too far away so look out for news on that. In the meantime if you're watching live, uh, good morning to you on this Sunday the 28th of February 2021. And if you're watching at another time welcome to you as well it's a real joy to be with you on this beautiful sunny morning i can look out from where i'm here completely blue sky you can see Cleve hill in the distance and sun shining up there so hopefully um we can enjoy this day whether it's just looking out the window and enjoying it or whether we're able to get out in 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 it for a while it's a god's great big playground as i sometimes like to call it so Hello to you all. Thank you for saying hello. I see some of your names pop up, and I get to glance at that. And of course, it's a great encouragement for other people to see that they're watching and taking part in this with other people as well. People from the church family, people who are new with us as well. With if this is your your first time, welcome. So this is the. fifth talk oh just before i get to say that if you're watching live we do have our zoom coffee and chat straight after this time so um, the link will come up for that and you'd be very welcome to to join us just for a bit of chat afterwards so yeah this is the uh, fifth of six talks in this lifting the lid series part of our living well in body mind and spirit theme of 2021 we want to lift the lid On mental health issues that's what we're doing a little bit on these Sundays and also in our church life groups as well that meeting to talk about this stuff as well we want to lift the lid on issues of mental health simply to get stuff out there to say it's okay to talk about this stuff Um, and we want to also recognize that God is interested in every aspect of our lives as well and we've been exploring Bible stories each week to see where faith and belief and mental health issues meet. And that's been really quite encouraging exciting uh, as we've gone through that and helpful as well, I hear. So over these weeks, we've thought about the stigma that's attached to mental health, ill health. We've talked about depression and anxiety a bit. Last week, you know, we just glanced at those really tricky issues of psychosis and suicide. And amongst all of this, we're saying that God sees, God cares, and that in the life of Jesus we see God's love um, in the darkest of life's experiences and circumstances. As we see Jesus meeting with all sorts of people whose experiences of life are negative ones, and we see Him there loving and caring and actually making a difference. Today we're going to take a slightly different angle. Um, Today we're going to be seeing how Christ cares for some of the caregivers. In our world, we'll see Jesus responding to parents who are suffering the distress and heartbreak of losing a child. We'll see how he cares for those whose burdens, struggles, and worries for their loved ones are really very heavy indeed. And that could be care for a child, it may be care for a parent. What we want to do today is own the fact that caring for someone who is physically or mentally unwell, seeing that loved one suffer, Maybe seeing that loved one being a shadow of the person we once knew them to be, to see them excluded and to be dependent on you or me, their carer, uh, for all their friendship and physical care, you know, can be a massive burden. And many of you lovingly have lovingly and willingly taken on this in in the past. Some of you will be doing that right now, or you may know someone in your family who's, who's going about that care, or there's someone just around and about down the road that you know in your friendship group who's doing that. Often you will have been doing that care silently, unseen, unsupported, often not understood or appreciated. You might have felt embarrassed to have been out in public with a child um, or parent of yours whose behavior will not be seen as being normal or maybe a bit awkward and you might have felt yourself ashamed which is really sad because we shouldn't feel ashamed but sometimes that what we, we can end up feeling is what the world somehow puts upon us maybe it's not that you're out physically or physically out and about with a loved one that you care for that mentally old child or that or that parent with dementia or alzheimer 's it 's not that that 's the thing it, but it 's just the burden that you carry within for that person, and maybe knowing that some other parents know that your child self harms or know that your child has an eating disorder that because they 're getting very thin, maybe they know that your child doesn 't get invited to staff and you know the friendship groups diminishing. Uh, or maybe it's just that, you know, being with other parents that you like, um, but hearing about their teenagers seemingly getting on so well is just so difficult. And so maybe carers, those that care, can find themselves you know, deliberately self-isolating and pulling away because of the thing that they carry. Um, Now, some of you may be really getting a bit uncomfortable with the subject matter this morning. Um, You may be thinking, well, this isn't my world. I don't care for an older person. Thank God. I don't have to care for a child. Mental health issue. Thank God. It's not really in my kind of sphere of experience. And it may frighten you um, because it's not your world, but it is the real world. And if we're listening to this and watching as Christians, you know, as a follower of Jesus, we do find ourselves with Jesus not only walking in the places of light, and joy and happiness when life always seems to add up but we also find ourselves going with jesus into the dark places the dark alleys, the difficult circumstances where we may find ourselves being uncomfortable but what's more we discover that the same god the same jesus who embraces the hurting people is the same god who embraces us you know it's one love people so we want to honor Those of you who care for another family member, a child or a parent or a sibling, someone who maybe is suffering with a mental health issue and there's no short-term fix it seems. And we wanna say that we're sorry for the times when in our community you have felt avoided because of our fear or lack of care. And just a word to those of us who are members of St. Michael's Church, let's own it. We are all at one time maybe kind of coming to a church service. Remember, we can actually do that in person. And we've glanced around to where we sit and we've made a deliberate uh, decision to avoid sitting too near that person who we know has got a bit of an issue and is carrying a bit of burden for somebody in their family. You know, we just wanted to come in and just kind of avoid them. So, you know, maybe we can just own where we're at with this and and in our way say our sorries for the times when we have avoided you, who care for others. You may be a parent who has a child with an eating disorder, or maybe it's an adult in your family group that has an eating disorder. All sorts of people have eating disorders. Um, And to have an eating disorder means to be diagnosed, and that diagnosis diagnosis isn't always an easy thing. Um, But to have a very particular relationship with food that affects your physical health as well as your mental health. Um, It can be a tough thing. It could be a life issue that's caused that It could be a mental other mental health issue that which is brought to that could have been a trauma or something. It could be a way of controlling an aspect of one's life. It could be one aspect that's controlling the way that one looks. It could be peer pressure to look slim. And there's a whole range of reasons why those um, uh, those things can happen. It could be that, you know, your energy and love. Um, is spent on being poured out on somebody in your family who self-harms people of all ages and backgrounds can self-harm there's no one typical person that this attaches itself to and um, although um, self-harm is usually uh, a way for someone to manage hard feelings or experiences in their life and we might not understand why that be the case but we have to recognize that's how it is and while self-harm can affect anybody, you know, there are uh, particular groups um, that we that might have a particular attachment to self-harms. Um, there can be difficult experiences being a young person. Perhaps it could be exam stress, classroom bullying or peer pressure. That's something that might particularly affect a young person. You know. It could be someone who is wrestling with their sexual orientation or their gender identity, and the experience of stigma and discrimination that can come with being part of that group. That can also lead to uh, self harm. Money worries can create greater stress for those in lower income. Um, these specific pressures can lead to increased tension that, which may turn to make self harm more likely this stuff really matters to god as does us caring for someone whose health issue in their mind could be because of uh, dementia uh, alzheimer's you know this stuff matters to god whether the issue is a physical one or mental health or mental health one you know, during this series we are seeing That all these illnesses, all these people matter to God. We see again and again that for Jesus, there are no no no-go areas, no no no-go people. His love has no boundaries. Maybe it's an older person that you care for. Maybe it's exhausting for you. Maybe um, a parent, yes. Maybe you're caring for a younger person. So we're gonna to turn to our Bible story. And as in all these Bible stories we've been sharing. We're not saying that the people in these stories have got a particular medical diagnosis. That's not what we're given in these stories. But what we do is we recognize experiences and circumstances that somehow might overlap with ours. This story comes from Luke's gospel, chapter eight. Uh, it may well be known to some of you. If you've heard it before, you know, pray that you hear it with fresh ears. And if it's new to you, then my prayer is that there'll be something in this story, whether you're a carer right now that would encourage you, whether you're watching and spe- you know, spectating others in their caring, that there'll be something in this story that encourages you and stimulates you. And uh, I don't know, moves you into a deeper relationship with God or into a, a new way of caring for other people who may be carers themselves. So here we, here we go. On his return, clue, Jesus has been somewhere else, but we won't go into that. On his return, Jesus was welcomed by a crowd. They were all there expecting him. A man came up, Jairus by name. He was president of the meeting place. What that actually means is that he is a synagogue leader. So he's one of the kind of Jewish uh, religious establishment. You know, he has status, he has some power, he has position, those sorts of things. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his home because his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, was dying. So as I say, there's Jairus. He had position, power, prestige. You know, he was a man of some substance. But here he is desperate. A parent who has been caring for his child. Carers we know... (laughs) are often those who have to give up their own time, their energy to look after a loved one. It can have a financial impact for them. They may not be able to work or take time off work to be with that person. It can have an impact on their care of themselves as well. When to take out time for oneself, when to be just fully invested emotionally, physically caring for that person that is loved. That can be quite a battle. And there can be that loss of social life as well. As you spend all that time in a, maybe more of an isolated place with the one that you care for, It have a massive impact. We don't know Jairus' full history. We don't know how long his daughter had been ill. We can only imagine the depth of love that he had for care and concern. That means that in spite of all his prestige, his power, his access to maybe all the best doctors or whatever, You know, all that he has isn't enough to meet the need that is before him. So although he's part of that elite who were the people who were despising Jesus and against Jesus were giving him trouble and will one day in the future, which we'll be thinking about in a few weeks towards the end of Lent, will be the very ones who want him put on that cross. He maybe breaks ranks, recognising the need that he has. And he comes to find Jesus. Maybe that's been you in the past or someone, you know, when you've been an avowed atheist, a, you know, an avowed unbeliever and all that stuff's rubbish. Maybe you've despised Christians and looked down on them and criticised them. You've had no place for faith at all. You've got with your life and things have gone well for you. But sometimes we find ourselves at a place where we're at the end of our tether. And that's where we find Jairus. Thank God for him. Maybe he stands for all of us who sometimes need to let go of all the stuff we feel we've got, which isn't getting us what we need. And we need to reach out beyond ourselves. So he comes, this carer, desperate, caring uh, at his wit's end. And the beautiful thing is that as he comes, Jesus notices him. And Jesus Goes with him, making his way through the pushing, jostling crowd. You know, we might have thought if we'd been one of Jesus' disciples, hey, we know this jarish Jesus. We know the sorts of people he hangs around with, the sort of the sort of things he says about you and about us. You know, he's the enemy. Let's 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 get on with something else. The crowd's here, let's meet some of their needs. But Jesus, so loving, so kind, so compassionate. When we reach out to him. As it were, in that emergency, he sees the quality of our hearts. He notices, and I know I say this often, but he notices every inclination of our hearts towards him. Every moment when we cry out to him from our hearts, you know, he's interested. So Jesus went with him, making his way through the pushing, jostling crowd so there's a scene that he's arrived back somewhere there's a big crowd there they all want a piece of Jesus we're short then Jairus comes in knees and now Jesus is going with him maybe the crowds probably following okay let's go and see what he does and in the crowd that day there was a woman okay so something is breaking up the story here there's a woman who for 12 years has been afflicted with hemorrhages so she had an issue of blood we reckon probably It's that kind of menstrual cycle rather than being a time of the month. This is a time every day. It's a constant thing. And in the culture of the time, that would have meant that she would have been seen as being religiously unclean. She would have been uh, during that regular time of the month. The woman would have been had to have kept separate go through that cycle. When she's past her period, then she'll be able to come out and mix generally uh, in the whole society. I'm not saying that's right. We're not saying that's right. It's just how things were at the time and she was subject to that. So we can only imagine what it was like for her to have this continual thing going on all the time. She had spent every penny she had, we read, on doctors, but not one of them had been able to help her. She slipped in from behind and touched the edge of Jesus' robe. At that very moment, her bleeding stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When no one stepped forward, Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, said, but master, we've got crowds of people on our hands. Dozens have touched you. Jesus insisted, someone touched me. I felt power discharging from me somehow jesus felt within his body something had changed the beauty of what's going on here is that jesus stops the whole crowd for the one he notices you when you're on your own in need and he notices me when i'm on my own in need in spite of everything that's going on out there in the big wide world he stops the crowd for the individual when the woman realized she couldn't remain hidden, she knelt trembling before him. Ah, second person coming to Jesus' feet. In front of all the people, she blurted out her story, why she touched him, and how at that same moment she was healed. Then you imagine what she must have felt like. Maybe she's heard something about Jesus. Maybe she thought there was a bit of magic involved. Um, and I don't know if I just reach through and just if I don't know if I just touch him, keep myself hidden. The crowds look in that direction. If I just kind of steal through and touch him, maybe something will happen. Maybe she was a bit superstitious or something and and I'll be healed. Maybe she was just trying anything. Maybe you've been there. I'll just try anything to fix this problem that I've got. So maybe she thought, having done that, she feels herself healed, she'll just steal back through the crowd. But Jesus isn't letting that happen, is he? Jesus, why are you doing this? Why are you going to bring her out into the public, in front of everybody, realising she shouldn't have been there in the crowd? Isn't she going to be humiliated now? But then these words from Jesus. Daughter. Firstly, that's what he calls her. Daughter. If that's not a term of endearment and belonging, I don't know what is. Daughter, you took a risk trusting me and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed. Wow, isn't that amazing? Jesus shows this amazing capacity to notice those in need and to draw them into personal relationship with himself. This wasn't to be some kind of private act of magic or faith or superstition jesus wants much more than that someone's reached out to him found an answer and he wants to draw them into a personal relationship with him for faith is always personal not meant to be private the idea of us turning up to church and having a kind of private time with god and then we're just withdrawing quietly you know that's not what it's meant to be about I know there are some times when we all want to do that I, I get that I do that I want to do that sometimes myself but you know writ large this faith is a personal relationship with Jesus so she could have just gone away healed now he sends her away whole in relationship with him I belong to this Jesus this God she's going to think be blessed be whole he's saying you know, go in peace and what's more, the whole crowd gets to witness this as well. So now they've got a responsibility to treat her differently. They've heard her story. You know, they will play a part in just you know continuing to tell that story and witness it. And, and how are they going to treat her now? Maybe well. A wonderful thing that Jesus has done. This is one of those occasional episodes as well where Jesus doesn't really seem to do anything. It's all a woman's initiative. She's come through, reached out, touched him, and he's intuited that somebody's done something. Maybe that's a lesson to us as well, that sometimes we can take the initiative, reach out to Jesus and see what happens. While he's still talking, the story happens. We're going to find out though that disaster struck. Remember the crowd, then Jairus, Jairus' daughter, 12 year old, he's dying. Come on, Jesus, let's get there as soon as we can. Now this woman's interrupted the whole stream of that story. And now, unfortunately, that means that disaster struck. While he was still talking, someone from the leader's house came and told him, your daughter's died. No need to bother the teacher now. Tragic news. And what was what was Jairus thinking in that moment? Maybe friends or family were with him. What were they thinking? We were almost there, we were almost there, but then this happened. It looks like all their care and love. Again, we don't know how ill his daughter was there for. You know, all that love, all that care, all the burdens, All that it would have cost them seems to have come to no avail. Even this reaching out to Jesus and she's gone. A child on the threshold of womanhood. Spring, the first signs of spring have suddenly been plunged into the depths of winter. I know that for some of you, this is your story. And you may know those who this is their story. Those who have cared for a loved one. Who has died. This, what continues next, though, is something of the Jesus story. There is hope here. Jesus overheard them and said, Don't be upset, just trust me, and everything will be all right. Going into the house, he wouldn't let anyone enter with him except Peter, John, and James. They were some of his closest disciples and the child's parents. Everyone was crying and carrying on over her. But Jesus said, don't cry. She didn't (laughs) die, she's sleeping. They laughed at him, they knew she was dead. Then Jesus gripped her hand and called my dear child, get up. She was up in an instant, up and breathing again, he told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were ecstatic, but Jesus warned them to be quiet. Don't tell a soul what happened in this room. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff about why Jesus sometimes said to be quiet about things. It was all to do with you know, him managing how people viewed him out in the wider world, particularly as his dark time at Easter would come. But that's another story. But what we see here is Jesus had said, Don't be upset. Just trust me and everything will be all right. God cares here for those who care. And in this story, we see that he does heal more than heal. He brings this girl back to life. He does heal. He does work in our world through the medical and scientific skills as well. We don't always see healing and that breaks our hearts. And we wrestle with that. We do see God here. We have stories in our own church family of people who have been made well, either by prayer ministry and just God sovereignly acting by the power of his Holy Spirit, like in this story. Sometimes through the wonders and the miracles of science and medical help as well, which in my view, Jesus inventions and him just blessing people with those skills. We do see that, but we don't always see that. And that we wrestle with. Why, Jesus, did that person get well, but not that person? And we, as a community of faith, are those who continue to love and hold on to the mystery of God's way of doing things. When we don't always get the answers that we want when we want them, we continue to care for one another. And what's necessary for us is for us to be a community. travels with one another through all the strife of life through all the dark valleys that we are together with one another the big hope that we have and what makes a difference over in our faith over other world faiths is we believe in this God who entered our world to fix things himself we believe in this Jesus through this journey of Lent as we travel towards That toughest week in Jesus' earthly life, his death and all that happened before that, his persecution, his false arrest, his beatings. We believe in this God who hung on the cross in his son, Jesus Christ, for love of us, carrying all of our pain, all of our confusion, all of our shame, all of the burden of the stuff that we got wrong He carries it all there at the cross, weeping for us. And three days he's there in the tomb. And then on that third day, we will celebrate at Easter that he is alive. He is resurrected. And we believe resurrected on behalf of all of us, that one day we will all be resurrected. One day there will be that place, that new heaven, that new earth for those of us that want it where all will be put right sometimes we find the waiting for that second return of jesus and that new heaven that new earth you know it seems like a long wait but we believe in it and we trust in it one day jesus will put things right and all will be well heaven for those who want it friendship feasting in jesus presence worship worship no more sin shame sorrow sadness none of that stuff anymore but in the meantime for now we can look out for the carers and bless them whether we're those who look after somebody who's unwell mentally or physically whether they're those who self-harm or don't eat All manner of mental health challenges that are out there in our community, in our families, not just always beyond and distant, but right here in our Christian community as well. We can look out for those who care for another and travel a bit along with them. We don't have the answers. We don't have the expertise. We signpost, of course, but we can be alongside with the love of Christ, with someone who cares for such as these. And if we are those ones who are caring, so too we can look to Jesus to travel alongside us. And whoever we are, we can, like Jesus, be that non-anxious, that non-judgmental, loving presence to somebody. We can be more peace than panic because the love and peace of Christ fills us. We can reach through the crowd, reach through the noise for Jesus' love, maybe pulling somebody with us, as it were somehow may we and others on our hearts today hear the words of jesus don't be upset just trust me and everything will be all right so i'm going to pray i'm going to pray to this god who loves us who wants to care for us almighty god we pray for those who give care to family members and friends living with mental illness. May they fear your loving hand and your sustaining and nurturing power. power. May they feel less frustrated and experience less guilt for their very human feelings. Help them when they want to escape their tasks. May they find us, yes, us who are listening and watching this, eager to support them in the midst of their difficulties. May we always encourage them and value them, even when community seems to desert them and their loved one. Lord, may we not ignore our friends because they live with pain that we do not understand but rather help us to see that they are people of great courage and love who are trying desperately to care for a family member or friend. Thank you for the many contributions persons who care for people in mental distress bring to the lives of their loved ones. Help us to learn from their examples of patience, strength, compassion and faith. So may God bless you. If you're wrestling with some of the issues in this story that we've shared today. May God give you peace this day. May he give you strength for the tasks of this day and the week ahead. And if some of the issues in these stories today alarm us. Lord, awaken our eyes to see with your eyes of compassion and give us courage to travel alongside another. Amen. Thanks for being here today. Do feel free to come and join me and others in a few moments if you're watching live on Zoom. And remember if any of the issues that we talked about today trouble you or you need to learn a bit more, do go onto the NHS website onto the MIND website. They've got loads of really good information and phone numbers and uh, avenues to get help there. Look forward to being with you again. Take care. God bless.